So why don't you call the intern? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was forgetting. <laughs> This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. <laughs> Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Me too. Daniel, are you worried or excited? I'm worried. Welcome, everyone, to Trailer Park Podcast. I am Nathan. He is Daniel. We are cousins. Tonight's show could possibly blow your mind. You have to be worried or you have to be excited. You have to choose a side. Are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. My lesbian radar is very strong. I take back everything I said earlier about puzzle pieces and vision. You can go fuck yourself. Wish you could hear the sound of my jaw dropping. Are you listening? Are you fair enough as a person that we should have even ground? For Christ's sake. <sighs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Trailer Park Podcast. Trailer Park Podcast, episode 64. Daniel, it's nice to be back in the host chair. How are you doing tonight? Ooh, I'm sounding much better than you are, Nathan. How are you doing? Can you get up off the floor when you talk to me? I'm doing pretty good. I was just overexcited to be back in my host chair. Uh, Trailer Park Podcast fans. And a Sam Kinison on me. I did a little bit. I'm sorry. Um, I just, I got overexcited. Trailer Park Podcast fans know that last episode, uh, something very terrible and disgusting happened, and uh, the intern got to host an episode, and uh, we're, we're moving forward now. We're moving on, we're moving beyond it, and it, it's nice to be here. How are you tonight, Daniel? I am great. Yeah, it was sort of a Twilight Zone-like experience. I felt like I was, that I blacked out through the entire thing. Woke up with a bad taste in my mouth, felt violated and dirty. And it's taken me until now to wash that stink off. Wow. How do you think you'll be doing tomorrow? Think you'll be a good tomorrow as well? A good tomorrow? Yeah. What do you mean? I'm just asking, you know, projection. You think you'll be doing good tomorrow as well? I mean, yeah, probably. Like, probably about even or on par with how good I'm doing right now. Yeah. And but how, there's a possibility how... for sure that I could swing violently in either direction. Oh, okay. And how were you yesterday? Was everything good with you yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Definitely dirtier feeling. So each day is incrementally better than the last. Was but that, again, a life is to, an unpredictable journey. I can't really tell you. Was that due to hygiene issues or was that just standard, just ups and downs? Oh, that was like the tail end of the filth that I carried from the, our previous episode. Oh. <laughs> well, I was speaking. to be cruel to you and then to be jovial. Jovial, Nathan. With the intern. Yeah, I, d- I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you went there, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I, I was all... <laughs> he gave me a different name. He gave me a different name and basically urinated on me. It was very disgusting. Oh, oh I felt like I was one of the two girls from Two Girls, One Cup. <laughs> wow. Uh, Ivan, how are you tonight? <laughs> I'm doing very well. Ivan is back with us for a, what is it, third consecutive episode? Yeah. Holy shit. Thank you very much, guys. Oh. And this... This does feel like a good episode. It does. Already. Doesn't it? Yeah. It, feels, it feels better. It feels like things are back where they should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how are you, fuckface? Oh, thank, thank God <laughs> last week is over. We don't have to deal with that anymore. Did you feel the pressure? Was the pressure just a lot for you? Uh, no, I didn't really feel anything. And the new name was uh, Penguin Food. It, it all related to the bet that was lost. Oh, really? Krill is penguin food. Yeah. Nah, it doesn't matter. I was krilling it. It's fine. <laughs> Everything has deeper meaning, Nathan. 
Yeah. Everything uh, he tried to make everything have deeper meaning. Kind of flew over everybody's heads. I had to point it, was, it out. Yeah, smarter show. Yeah. 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 You know, I appreciate really the good at explaining things. Yeah. Well, that's why you're the intern. That's why we're we're teaching you how to be better. And I guess it was almost, uh, you know, you hosting was an experiment to see how far you have come. Yeah. Uh, not very far. Well, we're all no. disappointed. <laughs> to, to give you an idea of, of of where you landed in terms of of uh, success rate. For our little experiment last time, um, when we on our previous podcast we used to do did that same experiment with Ivan. He then went on to do his own podcast the very next show. He was gone. So the fact that right. you're doing one and you're back in your old role that should tell you something <laughs> and what you need to work on. So on a Chris to Liam Hemsworth, I'm a Paul Giamatti. No, uh, you're no. like the third Hemsworth brother. On a on no on, oh. on a on a scale of Liam to Chris Hemsworth, you're in the bathroom. Crying, staring at the razor. That's <laughs> that's what's happening there. What? I never cry when I have the razor at my wrist. It's always a joyful. Yeah, those are anticipation. <laughs> those are joy tears. <laughs> All right, we're crossing the line. You don't masturbate with those tears. No. no yeah, you, you do. No. <laughs> okay, everybody. All you right. Okay. Someone else with those tears. Daniel, there are lineups. I don't want to say that there are that there are that there are, are lineups that that redefine what a good lineup is, but tonight is quite possibly the greatest oh. lineup that we have ever had on Trailer Park Podcast. Wait, the greatest? It is up there. It is. It's been a while since you've made this claim. It is quite possibly one of the best, if not the greatest, lineup we have ever had. Simply because it's going to evoke conversation. It's going to stimulate us, Daniel. Are you excited to be stimulated? Mm, not for the kind of stimulation I expect you're offering, but the concept in general, very excited. I see. So you have hesitation and you don't trust or have any faith in me whatsoever. No, you just imply that we might be getting some sort of like sexual pleasure from tonight's lineup, but I know that's not the case, so now I feel like you're just teasing me. Okay, well, uh, let's talk about 64. Anybody got anything about the number 64? Um, hmm. It's, it's the... uh, let's see, uh, bur- bur- it's Burbinium? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the atomic number of gadolinium. Come on. Yeah. Oh, so close. Son of a bitch. Um, in chess, it's the number of squares on a chessboard. Mm-hmm. All right. It is the international dialing code for New Zealand. Ah, the country where chess was invented. 64 bit, as in Nintendo 64, Commodore mm. 64, Super Mario 64. I don't think Commodore 64 was 64 bit. Shut up. Num- <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like four bit. Number of sexual positions in the Kama Sutra. Ooh, what is the 64th then? Why haven't we been documenting every Kama Sutra <laughs> position from the first episode to this one? Why are we only finding about this now? Because we want to do a countdown, right? We'll do uh, it when we hit 100. No, we're going to have to start now with 65 being one and move all the way to 130. <laughs> okay. It'll be our little side thing that we do. Well, the Kama Sutra. And then we'll have to make our own for right now for 64. Okay, go ahead. Uh, That'll be be a standing up position. Uh, The female, of course, will be bent completely over in half, grabbing her ankles, while the man is then doing a handstand behind her in full insertion. 64. The number of crayons in the popular Crayola 64 pack. The maximum stack size in the video game Minecraft. 
Mm, that is true. The get a nice 64 of, stack, and then get pissed off when something doesn't stack in 64. You're like, what is this? <laughs> the number of demons in the Dictionnaire Infernal. Ooh, shit. We're going to have to document that on a different show. Ah, yes. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. And I'm moving us along to 1964. Can anyone tell me what movies came out in 1964? Uh, a Shot in the Dark. Correct. Um, Zorba the Greek. Ah, uh, Zorba. Ah, good old Zorba. How about Doctor Strange Love? Sex and the Single Girl. Oh, you're taking me out already. Doctor Strange Love, <laughs> The Pink Panther, A Shot in the Dark. Two Bond movies. From Russia with Love. And? Ivan, from Russia with Love. And also, Goldfinger. What? Goldfinger. Hmm. Yeah, that's the interesting con. That's the interesting talking point about 1964, gentlemen. Is that not one but two franchises released two movies in the same year? What the fuck? That's so and weird. You know what is amazing is Goldfinger made. Is that? Oh my god! I can't do math. Twice as much as like from Russia with 100 Love. Like a hundred million dollars more. Uh, full international box office for From Russia with Love was around seventy-eight million worldwide, and the full for Goldfinger was one hundred fifty-two. But Goldfinger is a better movie. So what do you want? Yeah. Even though very disappointing that not once in the movie does he say you just got gold fingered. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the that was the letdown. That no. was the letdown for sure. It's in the deleted scenes, though. Right. Lots of crude parts where he just takes his, his index finger and pointer finger and just makes crook, little crook, hither come hither <laughs> motions and goes, you just got gold fingered. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> it was also the year of Mary Poppins and My Fair Lady. Ooh, Pygmalion. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, a rain, what is it? Rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane, right? Oh, mm-hmm. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I want to point that out. Uh, the other franchise is even more ridiculous. The Pink Panther came out in March of 1964, and A Shot in the Dark, which is the sequel to The Pink Panther, came out in June. That's Whoa. ridiculous. I can't yeah. believe that they thought that far ahead, because they made The Pink Panther in 1963, I think, and released it in 64. I could be wrong, but, I mean, they didn't film them at the same time. There's no way they had that kind of foresight in 1964. It was executives, right, around a table, like, oh, that Peter Sellers is hilarious. This is going to be a hit. Let's make another one right away. Smoking cigars and shaking each other's hands, right? <laughs> right. In a boardroom? Come on, this is like 60s guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mad yeah, men. They're hitting yeah. wives. Yeah. They go home. They punch their wife in the face. They smoke some cigars and they drink heavily. Yeah, that's how it is, see? Domestic <laughs> violence, see? That's how they do it, see? Maybe some goddamn dinner, honey. Get it on the table and shut your fucking face. <laughs> All right. Intern, uh, tell, us, tell us what happened at the, uh, the 64th Academy Awards, please. Well, the same thing happened in 1934 and 1975, and that was there was a Big Five winner. One movie won for all Big Five awards. So Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor and Actress, and Screenplay. And that was one of my favorites, Silence of the Lambs. Oh, wow. So Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster, 
Jonathan Demi, and uh, that leaves Jack Plants and Palance. Mercedes Rui Rule Rule. I don't know how to say her name. Mercedes Rule and Jack Palance. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And yeah, yeah. The, the Fisher King and City Slickers were also very enjoyable. This uh, JFK came out that year too. JFK, Bugsy, yeah, uh, Beauty and the Beast, the animated one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Thelma and Louise. Yeah, Inter- Thelma can, and Louise. can you tell us who won for visual effects and sound editing and all that? I don't really That's care. what we really want to know. Um, so, best original song went to Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the name of the song, please? Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, best makeup went to Terminator Two. Of course. And that's dun, dun, all I dun, care to dun, talk dun, dun, about. Dun, 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 dun. Dun 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 cha cha. So we got some news, guys, coming down from Sad Sack. Um, Sad Sack Studios has sent uh, a memo talking about some human resources safety concerns. I don't know if you guys got this memo. Daniel, did you get the memo? Of course, I got the memo. Yes, and, and what the memo details is that after. Uh, listening to episode 63, um, they have determined that there is some safety issues regarding jumping into the grab bag. They didn't like the way that the intern handled himself, and uh, they feel that there is uh, there's some safety concerns there, so they're no longer allowing me to jump inside of the grab bag, and they're just going to be sending uh, the messages and the information uh, through a tube that they've that they've constructed here. Uh, <laughs> it's it's going to be sliding down this tube and kind of landing in front of me, and I, ha- I I just have to pick them up now. So a little bit yeah, safer. Yeah, we, we, we moved on to the pneumatic tube because the, the intern's legs this week are riddled with infections, a lot of bacteria in a bag full of filthy mail that we didn't really consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, yeah I, got, I got hepatitis C yeah. Yeah, or I'm, hepatitis Z yeah. out here in Canada. That's all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, way to go for ruining it for everybody, I guess, would be the comment yep. there. But um, anyway, that's that's the thing, and we have uh, we have our first message coming in now. Let me just see here. Oh, fuck. Holy shit. Sounds like a safe tube. Did that break your piano? That was crazy. <laughs> um, so this is, uh, this is all about HBO stuff here. Um, what is this? Uh, oh, wow. I, I don't know if you guys know what happened with with hbo recently this is this is called um we are all completely beside ourselves uh do you guys know that hbo recently changed its uh, showrunner it's it the, the guy in charge recently got axed and uh, they brought in a new person no well you see the old guy said that true detective wasn't wasn't necessarily dead right and then the new guy took over and a bunch of shows and and stuff that were, were going on he he did some some cutting like that show Vinyl, the previous guy was like, yeah, Vinyl. And this new guy took over and said, fuck Vinyl. But this new guy is also saying that True Detective is not dead. So for two different HBO heads to say that True Detective is not dead and that there's simply no take on a third season yet and they're letting Pizzolato, you know, work it out, I guess, indicates to me that fans of Trailer Park Podcast may may be seeing another edition of True Detective. Oh, uh, fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> <laughs> and also just a shout out to Nat Poe here because Natalie Portman's going to be starring in a new mystery series from HBO called We Are All Completely Beside Ourselves. Another mystery show, huh? Anybody been checking out The Night Of? That thing's awesome. 
Uh, yes, it is yeah. awesome. The Night Of is great. True Detective, at least season one anyway, was great. The Jinx was great. And now Natalie Portman's in another mystery show on HBO. Oh, aren't you guys excited? Well, she is in like one of the worst things HBO's put out in a while, so I don't know what, what we're looking forward to. Maybe, what was uh, that? maybe another slew of clips that Nathan can have. Oh, we have another one. This one's called Dirty Rotten Rebel. You guys know who Rebel Wilson is, right? Yes. Uh, she's apparently set to star in a Dirty Rotten Scoundrels remake. Oh, shit. Who's in it? Uh, Rebel Wilson. Rebel wait, Wilson. Wait, wait. They're, wait, they're, doing, <laughs> wait, they're doing a female version? Yeah. yeah. Of course they are. This is yeah. going to be the new thing. Instead of doing uh, sequels or uh, remaking the same movie again or reimagining it, uh, they're just going to remake every movie and gender swap them. Yeah, but this is like this is the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels movie is a movie that I feel like could be uh, just a constant every ten years great pairing of some like older and younger actor, like male actor. Why can't they just do what they did in the in the in the nineties and the early aughts, which was just essentially remake these movies with female casts, but just call them something else? Why do they have to like take the franchise itself? What's an aught? <laughs> The what are the aughts? 2000 to 09. Oh, okay. I didn't actually know that Dirty Rotten Scoundrels itself was a remake of a different movie. Yeah. Called uh, Bedtime Story, starring Marlon Brando and David Niven in 1964. Ayo! <laughs> so there you go. They did exactly what you just said. They made the same movie, but called it something else. So I agree with you. Why wouldn't they just do that again? I also feel like they made this movie female version with Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sigourney Weaver. That's true. Heartbreakers. Yeah. Great movie. <laughs> oh, Heartbreakers is great. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. That's it, right? Like, yeah. It really is. Yeah. It's fucking tight. It, except they're more of like a, just a team from the get-go. The, the great thing about Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is that they're enemies at first, and then they have sort of a mm-hmm. like training montage. And then, oh, it's one of my favorite, Michael Caine, Steve Martin. This is one of my favorite movies. Definitely one of my favorite Steve Martin movies. Ugh. Maybe we just need to stop being negative Nellies and uh, fuddy-duddies. And just when we hear this kind of thing, be like, hey, you know what? Bring it on. Let's see what you got. Bring it to the table. Let's lay it down. Maybe we'll enjoy it. Who knows? Yeah, just do it, though. It's, it's, a, it's a mentor movie, like a buddy cop movie. It's, it's, anything can be in this genre. I don't know why they want to take a title or a franchise that's 25 years old. I don't know. Just slip into this sad sack with us and enjoy the movie. No, we can't do that anymore, intern. (laughs) And in the meantime, I'm going to have to ask some questions. Daniel, there are some really important questions that Nathan needs to ask you. Gentlemen, in honor of one of the movies in our lineup tonight, Closet Monster, Sad Sack Studios brings us the Gay Movie Challenge. Wait, wait. The Gay <laughs> Movie Challenge or the Game Movie Challenge? Sad Sack has chosen for each of us a movie that deals with themes from the LGBTQIA plus community. And before we begin, can anyone tell me what the acronym LGBTQIA plus stands for? Yes. Ivan? Oh. Uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and that's where inter? Intersex, yeah. Sex? 
Asexual? Asexual. I don't know what the plus means. Uh, the plus symbol simply stands for all other sexualities, sexes, and genders that aren't included. It's like a anything we haven't included right. is under the plus. Okay. Oh, I, and I've heard a couple of extra letters, too. I've heard it with two Qs, queer and questioning, intersex. And I've also heard it with two Ps, uh, pansexual and something well, else. why don't you Google it and see what comes up? Because that's what comes up. Okay? I'm just saying you're, you're being a real bigot right now, Nathan. <laughs> so, just so, we can, just so we can gauge the awareness level of our TPP participants and see how far away we are. Yeah, our transgender, pansexual, plus. I feel like we, we nailed it, right? Every, yeah. We got it. Uh, this is the reason why the challenge is happening, because these movies should be appreciated and talked about. Okay. Furthermore, Sad Sack Studios understands the Trailer Park Podcast has always been a team effort and a community in and of itself, so they are offering us the option to instruct the intern to appreciate the film they have selected for us instead. Oh, good, yeah. Uh, Daniel, uh, you'll be up first. Yep. Uh, you have received a movie called The Boys in the Band. You ever heard of this oh, movie? I don't know. It's, it's, it sounds like there's a lot of AIDS. <laughs> uh, the Boys in the Band is from 1970. Uh, it is directed by William Friedkin, the director of The Exorcist, which is what I, why I believe Sad Sack Studios chose this movie for you. Uh, I this, see the thread, yeah. The synopsis is tempers fray and true selves are revealed when a heterosexual is accidentally invited to a homosexual party. Daniel, will you be uh, accepting this movie and watching it and appreciating it and giving us some feedback on a later episode? Or will you be handing this off to the intern to watch and appreciate it for you? Oh, wait, I'm very confused right now. I thought we were just naming a bunch of movies that the intern was being forced to watch. I didn't know you were trying to sneak in a non-burden burden movie. There's nothing sneaky about it. <laughs> this is the gay movie challenge. Sad Sack has selected a movie for each of us, all of us, and uh, because, you know, it is a team effort and because he is the intern, you can, you can delegate the appreciation of the movie that's been selected for you to the intern. So feel free, Daniel, if you feel like you don't want to watch the boys in the band and appreciate it because it was directed by William Friedkin, the director of The Exorcist, <laughs> to just pass it right you along. You really got into that one. The Exorcist. Yes. But I love we do, The Exorcist. Well, we do need a response. The band of boys. That would be you, Daniel. Yeah, I didn't get this memo. So this is a with an asterisk that I accept this burden. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll stay with the Friedkin one. I don't think I'm going to get a, a more catered option than that. No, I don't think you understand, uh, Daniel. Um, there is no other movie. So if you delegate this to the intern, you don't have to watch anything. Oh, I thought you were going to list three movies. No, no, you're all going to get a title, and I'm going to get to watch all of them. <laughs> That's what's going to happen no, we're giving We're giving the option because we are a community and a, and a team. Oh, Ooh. yeah, yeah, intern, yeah, Friedkin's great. You'll, you'll like it, whatever it is. Go ahead. Right? Band of boys. So excited. <laughs> yeah, but this is not, you know, you, you heard the synopsis. This is not a movie about a, a bunch of small boys tied and bound and locked in separate rooms. Hey, I can interpret the movie how I want to. You see, you see, Ivan, uh, Daniel thinks I'm always trying to fuck him, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is not common. so much of a you team. Are, you kind of run around trying to fuck anything. So. Yeah, I feel like it's justified. <laughs> All right, looks like I'm up next here. Let's see what uh, Sad Sack's chosen for me. Oh! 
Uh, Nathan has received The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Uh, this is uh, two drag queens and a transsexual travel across the desert to perform their unique style of cabaret. It is starring Hugo Weaving and Guy Pierce. Uh, yeah. Mm, Australian megaforce. <laughs> uh, inter- I've already seen this. Oh, you have? Oh, good. Well, yeah. then you're you're ready to give appreciation for it right now. What? Give us some feedback on this. Uh, no. No. Oh. Well, okay, you can... and in its place, since you've already seen that one, you'll be instead watching Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmore. <laughs> <laughs> actually, uh, why don't you just go ahead and watch this one again? Uh, uh, I might actually watch this as well, but I, I, I'd like us to have a conversation about it. So, yeah, if you'd like to check this one out again so you can refresh yourself, we can come back to it at a later episode. Okay. <laughs> Ivan, you're up next. Oh, Oh, uh, Ivan's movie is Mysterious Skin. Uh, this is starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, a teenage hustler and a young man obsessed with alien abductions cross paths, together discovering a horrible, liberating truth. I especially like the tagline for this one. Uh, two boys, <laughs> one can't remember, the other can't forget. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ivan, will uh, you be watching... I want to watch it so bad. <laughs> yeah. will, you, will you be watching Mysterious Skin, or will you be uh, instructing the intern to watch and appreciate this for you? Oh, that's a tough choice, because um, I do kind of want to watch this. That's fine. That's fine if you want to yeah. check it out. That's fine. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll watch this. Give my feedback. Look at that. Look at that. Wow. Previous intern coming, stepping up to the plate. Team, uh, team, uh, team player there. Oh, yeah. You're not going to get those kind of favors very often. <laughs> no. Is there one you have for me also? Oh, yes. Yeah, every member of the team has one. Uh, intern, I have chosen, or Sad Sack Studios has chosen. <laughs> for the you, lies. For Son you. Of a bitch. Uh, that's very appropriate what you just said. Uh, your movie is called Lie. L I E, oh. which stands for the Long Island Expressway. A 15 year old Long Island boy loses everything and everyone he knows, soon becoming involved in a relationship with a much older man. Played by Brian Cox. And the young kid, 15 year old boy, is a young Paul Dano. Oh, lovely. Oh, Brian. I always. Just uh... going to town on a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed watching Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe get it on, so this will be a new experience, a younger experience Uh, of the Dano love. The tagline is, on the Long Island Expressway, there are lanes going east, lanes going west, and lanes going straight to hell. (laughs) (laughs) It's rated NC-17. That's the best kind of rating. Mm-hmm. And then it, on the cover, it's just like a coy picture of him sticking his ass out, like a freeway overpass going right into his asshole. Um, all right, next up, uh, in honor of Snowden being in our lineup tonight, Sad Sack Studios has prepared a questionnaire surrounding traitors and treason. Uh, the questions are designed to find out from each of us what we would consider to be a larger act of betrayal. Okay, Daniel, are you ready? Sure. Daniel Fredo Corleone couldn't get any respect and did the unforgivable 
by taking sides against the family. Lured by pride, his betrayal resulted in an attempted hit on his younger brother, the dawn of the family, Michael Corleone, who sent him to sleep with the fishes. Daniel, would you consider Fredo's betrayal to be a worse act of treason than the intern abandoning Trailer Park Podcast 24 in the middle of the recording of the episode? Oh, oh man, I was afraid this question would come one day. Um, yeah, when we... We pretend like we've forgiven him, but we haven't, have we, Nathan? I don't feel that forgiveness was ever granted. No. Never never forgive, never forget. That's what I always say. Um, it is tough. I, I guess I, I don't have the action to back up that the intern's betrayal is worse, because I think in order to close that deal, we have to actually murder the intern. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we're going to have to go with, uh, with the Corleone on this one. It was generous. It was generous. Ivan, are you ready? Yes. Ivan, Lando Calrissian sold out one of his oldest and longtime friends, Han Solo, to the Empire, damning him to a frozen eternity hanging on Jabba's trophy wall. Lando was able to redeem himself in The Return of the Jedi, but was his act of betrayal greater than the intern assuming the position of host on Trailer Park Podcast 63 and then skirting the responsibilities of the burden list? Hmm. Um... See, I I would say yes, because at least Lando was able to redeem himself. Hmm. But I don't see the intern really coming Irredeemable. back. Irredeemable. Irredeemable, exactly. You you are screwed. Yeah. He fucked me. Yeah. 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 And he doesn't feel remorse. No, exactly. That's the worst no, part. No, I feel good when I fuck people. <laughs> yeah, Lando obviously felt remorse, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the intern does not. He fucked me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Motherfucker. And it felt good. That fucking cucks. Okay. <laughs> um... Are you so, going to ask yourself a question? Yeah. Now? No, Sad Sack Studios is asking me a question. Thank you. Oh. Uh, to Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, in- Ivan, would you like to read it? Oh, sure. Um, Cypher sold out Morpheus, Trinity, and the One for a chance to selfishly plug himself back into a truth he knew wasn't real. In fact, he didn't just sell out the crew of the Neb- Nebuchadnezzar, but the entire human race by betraying its savior. An allegory and metaphorical representation of Judas himself, who rests in one of Satan's three mouths in Dante's Inferno. Is Cypher's decision to abandon the truth for a false sense of comfort more or less shameful than the intern's inability to appreciate the truth about Mad Max Fury Road? Well, uh, I feel, it took a while to get there, but it was worth it. I feel the answer's obvious. <laughs> I'm starting a new podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna release every single day for an entire year. It'll be a two minute podcast. It'll be a rant on why Mad Max Fury Road is a piece of shit and why the Water Diviner will mean more to Australians than Mad Max Fury Road ever will. <laughs> so. Just so I'm on the same page as Nathan. Um, Daniel, why don't we uh why don't we go to our headliner, shall we? <laughs> Intern, if you do have It's coming tomorrow. I'm I'm do- as soon as we're done this, I'm recording that shit. Day one starts now. You no, know, you can just have your own podcast called The Intern Colon Overrated. 
And you can just each episode do a podcast about movies that you feel like are overrated that the rest of the world disagrees with you with. It'll only be one movie, though. Yeah, it'll be Mad Max and like, I don't know. Just like, Mad there's Max. There's some other ones that I will go deep diving and figure out all the movies that you've given fucked up ratings on. There's not that many, like a handful. We'll find them. Mini if, you, if, you're, if you're two thumbs short, a handful. Aww. All right. Headliner, please. Our headliner tonight stars Tom Hanks, directed by Clint Eastwood, and it is called Sully. All right. Sully. Here we go. about Sully. Well, for starters, I've been a little bit critical about Clint Eastwood movies over the years. I feel like some of his movies are amazing. Like, Un- Unforgiven is in my top ten. And movies like Million Dollar Baby, like, punched me right in the face. They were so good. And then he came out with these other ones where I was just kind of like, you know, making jerk-off symbols with my hand. Like, what? Really boring. How can you be so good and then, you know, come up lame? But I feel he's due. And it's Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks and Clint Eastwood together making a biopic, and I love biopics, even though this is, you know, a true story that happened in 2009, which feels kind of weird. Um, ah, ah, I feel like I want to say I'm excited, but I'm actually worried. Like, actually. Like, I'm, I'm saying, I'm trying to convince myself that I'm excited. Right, but you just can't get there. I just can't get there. Yeah. But I'm, I'm hoping that it's good. 
I really hope it's good and I will watch it, but I just have this hesitation because Eastwood's burned me a couple times. Like that fucking J. Edgar movie. I wanted to shoot myself in the face. Yeah, fuck it. I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> Ivan? Um, <clears throat> I am also worried. I feel like um, I feel like they're reaching right now for story because it is pretty soon. I don't really see too much that you can really build a biopic around that will grab people. Right, so, after the initial like drama of the actual reenacted uh, plane landing. Yeah, exactly. Like, a bunch of complaining, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't see there being too much beyond that. Um, like Nathan, though, I, do, I will go see it, and I do want it to be good, but I don't think it will be. Thought, didn't they just make Flight with Denzel Washington? Like, wasn't that oh, yeah. very similar? And the plane was upside down in that movie, so... That was fucking cool. <laughs> but that wasn't was the... This- it was a similar thing too, right? Like, uh, weren't you drinking, Denzel? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what that whole movie was about, was that he was a junkie. And I don't think Sully was a junkie. I think it's just about him going through the auditing process after saving everybody's fucking life. What a bunch of ungrateful bitches. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that comes across in the trailer. And the yeah. guy that they, they get to play the investigator, he's classic for playing ungrateful bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like they could have cast the intern in that role. I can play any role, bitches. Yeah. Why don't you play the role of excited about uh, Sully? Um, you know what, Nathan? How can I help you? Clint Eastwood, is he's been really good lately at getting people to be in his movies. You know? Um, I thought you were going to say he's been really like, good at getting around at 85 or whatever <laughs> his age is. His pants get higher and higher and his movie-making ability gets lower and lower it's halftime america um so the movie i hated most not last oscars but the oscars before that i gave a zero to was his last movie and the movie before that was one of the first movies on tpp which i also gave a zero to which means he's made two unnecessary movies in a row which one? And I feel like it's a trifecta. Jersey Boys, Breaking the Fourth Wall Nonsense, and American Sniper, which okay. debatable on whether it's even true or not. I think if you're going to so, go J, if you're going to go trifecta, you got to include J Edgar cuz that was a piece of shit. Oh, I feel like Jersey Boys and American Sniper are a big step down from J Edgar. Oh, you like J Edgar. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, but they're a big shit. step down from it. Wow. I didn't say I like Jay Edgar. <laughs> you like Jay Edgar. It comes out finally. Steaming pile Jesus of crap Christ. and you're you're jumping around in it and you know spreading you it know all over I'd yourself. Give, you know what I'd give Jay Edgar? A plus 1, a low plus 1. Oh. So close Which means to a that zero. Jersey Boys and American Sniper are a hard zero. <laughs> what about that Unforgiven and Million Dollar Baby Magic? It's got to be there still. Yeah, and he did Flags of Our Fathers, which sucked, and Letters from Iwo Jima, which was great. I didn't Grant, watch it. Grant Torino. I didn't. <laughs> Grant Torino. Yeah. I didn't watch. I, I didn't watch Iwo Jima because Flags of Our Fathers is boring, and yeah, you, it was. It was bad. Iwo Jima had subtitles. Yeah, that's a problem for you. Dad has some fucking respect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fine. So you're what worried? Of course I'm worried. Okay, Daniel, hurry up. Say yeah. you're worried so we can move on. Uh, yeah, I am also worried for all the same reasons. It's too close for a, for a biopic of this nature. It was weird, like when W came out when George Bush was still in office, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. 
is it enough? Do we need to overdramatize this? But the way the movie makes it seem is that Sully is like tired of all this attention, and now is he going to get even more because they've made this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker! God He's damn it! Show up at the premieres, like put a fucking smile on his face. Yeah, yeah worried. Throwing his scotch glass against the against the wall, screaming at his wife. Yeah. Oh yeah, a good throw everything off the desk scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, Chelsea's favorite actress in this as well. Crying wife. Yeah, go crying wife. Yeah, the best. Lamp. (laughs) Yeah, lampshade. (sighs) Crying wife on phone is even better. Like, completely removed. Oh, she was in Everest. (laughs) You just film her in a room (laughs) by herself. All right, cry, bitch, cry. (laughs) Now it's on Skype, too. I saw that in the Deepwater Horizon trailer. (laughs) Okay. All right, trailer. Next. <clears throat> Trailer number two tonight, Daniel, as discussed in the Q&A, is a movie called Closet Monster. Closet Monster. Here we go. super dangerous and super scary but not like so scary that you wake up mom and dad ready Intern, worried or excited? Intern? Hello? Sorry about that. I'm coming out of the closet excited. Okay. Uh, the closet monster excited. Uh, I want to watch this. Um, technical problems, apparently, on this side. Of course. <laughs> Nothing like talking to yourself. So, sounds, like, uh, sounds like you had the mute on or something. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. It's <laughs> fine. Truncate silence uh, solves all problems, sir. Anyway, um, no, this just looks interesting. I I don't know. 
it could be good or it could be horrible, but uh, the trailer's interesting enough that I want to watch the movie to see what's going on. So I'm excited. Closet monster excited. I am. I'm torn on this one. You are right. It is a really. It is a really good trailer. It uh, looks well done. It looks interesting. Uh, all the little quote persuasions that they're dropping in there are are, are reasonably effective. It is it's got the ca- Canadian content too. It's and it's winner at TIFF. Yeah, and it's a, it's a gay coming of age story, which I'm not really that interested in, especially I don't know in, in a time period where everyone is careful to walk on eggshells about saying anything offensive or bigoted movies where gay children are having a real hard time with their parents and stuff coming out there are so many of those i don't feel like i feel like a new twist on the take would be for it to be reasonably acceptable or for the parents to be gay and the the child to not be gay and what kind of conflict that makes but then the music is great and it gets really violent there at the end and it looks like it had a bunch of artsy shots was one kid throwing up bloody glass into a sink I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, who knows what that was. But I think the title of the movie also speaks to that violence. Yeah, then the violence is kind of what hooked me a little bit on it. But I'm gonna let others decide for me. I'm gonna come in on a on a plane at safe, worried. Mm. Shocking. I'm gonna step in, and I'm gonna say there's something more to this than just a simple coming of age story. There it is. Does, yeah. It does have a twist at the end of the trailer that speaks to some violence possibly some violence against his own family because his father seems very um, put out by him being gay. But yeah, it just seems to be this intensity that grows throughout the trailer and builds to this very potentially violent end. And the the title, Closet Monster, makes me think that this just is going to spiral into something else that's going to surprise everybody. And I'm on board. I'm excited. I, I thought at first that the closet monster was referring to the dad and that the dad was like some sort of like pedophile or violent sex offender. <laughs> hey, I like the balloon thing. I, I like the balloon thing with like putting a dream inside of his kid's head. That's awesome. That's really cool. Or the way he sprays the girl when she comes by. Yeah, I definitely that. thought he was going to be a pedophile because of that. Really? Yeah, maybe maybe if he hadn't, um, you know played around with balloons and dreams and stuff. Maybe his son wouldn't be sucking cock, but go ahead. Right. (laughs) Who knew those balloons were full of gay dreams? (laughs) I couldn't let it go. I had to be rude. I'm sorry. Ivan, take it away. Um, Yeah, the buildup's really interesting. Uh, It actually makes me want to go see this. It's, um, but I'm afraid, I'm worried that it's trying to be too edgy um, Mm -hmm. and that it might just fail on that end. So I'm, I'm going to have to say worried, but I'm excited to see it. So. <laughs> well, okay, hold on. Sounds, there, sounds, you sounds need like to an be much response. clearer. There's, yeah. You're going to be graded on this I'm gonna like be 30 more episodes. I'm going to say worried then. That's it. I solid worried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So just Nathan. So you, Nathan, you were did you get really excited when the dad like threw the, the milkshake in his son's face or whatever that was? Yeah, I like drama. I like intensity. I like relationships and those relationships changing. You know what? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I thought like that when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, Nathan liked that one. And I'm not the only one excited. The intern's also excited. So don't say, just Nathan. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to anyway. the boring part of the episode where we have to forcibly watch a horror trailer. You guys ready? You pick them. You do it yep. to yourself. Yeah. Uh, We're going to watch a trailer for a movie called The Woods.
the woods. Here we go. Okay, Daniel, worried or excited about the woods? And you can tell from just listening to the trailer that there's, we don't get to hear any of the dialogue or any of the actual film. It's all just a little montage of scenes uh, with that creepy (laughs) rendition of that song over top of it. And I think that probably works to the trailer's favor because it's interesting what's going on because it's essentially one of the most common fucking horror things you can think of which is an in the woods uh found footage film which makes everyone including myself immediately just kind of roll their eyes and go well what new is there but the entire intro to this trailer is just a camera floating through the deep wilderness with quote after quote after quote of different horror sources saying that this is a new beginning in horror and this achieves something scary that's never been done before. And I would say watching from the trailers, it looks like they're going for a lot of intensity and dread. And not just your classic scary thing in the woods moments, but other things that make you terribly uncomfortable as well. Like getting stuck in muddy tunnels and all those scenes that are in the descent that make the descent worth watching at all. But yeah, I will say that the general lack of being able to see very much of this trailer works very much in its favor. And I'm going to go, I'll go excited for this one. Wow. Okay, Daniel, before anything else happens, um, no one else gets to say any response yet. Because I want to take you on the ride that this movie meant for people to take a ride on. Do you know anything about the movie The Wood? Uh, no. I've seen parts of this trailer before, but I don't, I don't know much about this movie. Because they released this teaser trailer, and that isn't what this movie is called. At, okay. At Comic-Con, they released a new trailer that explains what this movie really is. Okay, because it's going to be... So this was getting a response from you first and then playing the trailer they released at Comic-Con to show everyone here what it really is. Okay, let's see how worried we get to be so for this. There is a there is a Fulcrum bonus trailer included in your package and I, I see it, yeah. Please go ahead. All right, let's expose the woods. Here we go. What is that? The guy who uploaded this video said it was from a tape he found in the Black Hills woods. 
think that might be my sister. You really think your sister could still be out there after all these years? If there is any chance that I could find out what happened to her, I need to try. Legend said there's been a curse on these wounds. Do you believe in the stories about the Blair Witch? Okay, Daniel, now are you excited or worried about The Woods, a.k.a. Blair Witch? Yes, this is the reason why some of that trailer looked familiar was because, yeah, I'd seen this on TV already uh, as as the Blair Witch remake. And I had read a little bit on it, about it on Twitter as well. Um, yeah, I, was, I think I'm still excited. They're doing some things um, with, like, fear in the moment scenes that you that we would usually call jump scares it looks like they're trying to do something a little bit different with it i didn't see any cg witches screaming and flying at the camera and as we all know i'm not really very big on the original blair witch i don't like it very much so if you want to remake it and put more fucking scares into it by all means i think there's room to take a definite step up i'm gonna go stick with my excited on this one and see where it leads me wow How valiant. Wow. Intern, you seem excitable. Please (laughs) respond. I feel like it's fair to let everyone know that Daniel enjoys the Blair Witch 2 or whatever the name of that movie is. A Book of Shadows, Blair Witch. That that we've watched. I'm guessing that that means that this is going to be on the wheel again sometime. Oh, yeah. There's room to grow. Which means everyone else is going to have to watch this, which I feel like is great because this looks like the same piece of shit that the first one was and the second one is one of the worst things i've ever seen which i thought wasn't possible after watching the first one because that was literally the worst movie i've ever seen at that point in time in my life there is only one other movie that's been worse than the first blair witch and it's also been a tpp lineup movie which this reminds me of hunting the legend it's like so typical handicam oh it makes me want to vomit in my mouth worried. There's no way Daniel's getting a point worried. Fuck this movie. Fuck Sad Sack for putting in this lineup. Fuck you guys. Uh, you're, worried. 
you're being too harsh. There's a lot of good <laughs> horror remakes that are coming out in the last five or six years, and Blair Witch, being a shitty movie to begin with, is is ripe, ripe for a remake. I'm I'm more than happy to watch the Martyrs remake. God, God, I'm sick of this <laughs> bullshit. Well. I think on that note, I'm going to have to come in and say a few things. I like what they did with the trailers because I'm a, I'm big into trailers. I like the art of the trailer, and I really enjoy that this, this Woods movie came out, this trailer for the Woods came out, and I found it quite a while ago, and I was like, oh, look at all these quotes. This one could be good. Like, this is something to look forward to in the fall, something to get jacked up about. And then they pulled this 180 at Comic-Con, and I don't remember a movie ever doing that where they release one trailer under a different title and then at a major event turn around and say surprise it's actually this and maybe it's because of the interns reaction just now that they wanted to try to gauge some interest and generate some interest before they dropped the bomb that this was not what everyone thought it was it's the Blair Witch and the Blair Witch does come with a stigma a found footage Shaky cam stigma. I'm afraid of shaky cam, but I also love my cousin, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to side with them here. I think uh, I think we should go excited for the Blair Witch. We should stand united, Daniel, and lose a point together against the intern's unfair rage. <laughs> yeah, I think what the intern doesn't see here, as a as a as a whor- as from a horror lover to a horror hater, is that I from this trailer I get the uh, implication that they understand all of your fears that you voiced, uh, intern. I think they know how dead and boring the found footage genre is, and they know people's stigma about the Blair Witch brand, and they know that they had to release the movie under a different name to get people's hatred over Book of Shadows out of their <laughs> their brains. To get, we should have gotten everyone's reaction to the Woods trailer before exposing it was the Blair Witch. You know what my initial thoughts were on the Woods trailer? Is that the trailer seemed to do a good job of trying to hide that it's a shaky cam movie. It seemed like there was going to be moments where it wasn't shaky cam, yeah. but didn't succeed in that. But there are like I was still gonna. I was still worried. It looks like things are happening in this movie, which is a which is a big improvement from the original. Also, there looks like there's some violence and some gore in it. Also, a welcome uh, differentiation from the original Blair Witch. But Ivan, Ivan, how do you feel? Well, before we go to Ivan, just very quickly, Daniel, we can't do it the way you're suggesting because everyone else watches all of the trailers before the podcast happens. You're the only oh. one that doesn't. <laughs> So they already yep. knew what the second trailer was, and they already knew that it wasn't the woods. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I'm glad that's the only one that gets to en- enjoy these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> <laughs> That trailer actually kind of scared me. Um, so it was pretty exciting. I was into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my and, god is he making hands is he doing like sign language or some bullshit no like this is just me talking i didn't hate the blair witch as much as most people did after you know the whole thing i thought the build-up to the blair witch was great just like this oh is it real is it not kind of thing uh, and then the movie yeah i mean the movie was the movie but um i don't know i'm excited about it i might actually go see this and terrify myself oh my god God. Oh, three excited and a worried. Who does the worried award go to? Ladies and gentlemen, I've got the winners. Alright. I give you I feel like the intern. You just need to insert 
the intern. Mm-hmm. Oh, the I will. Intern. I'll I'll say. Fuddy, We've got ourselves the winners. Fuddy, All right. Fuddy the Duddy, intern. Fuddy Duddy intern. Yeah. If it's if it's got any inkling or even a hint of shaky cam or the CG looks even slightly <laughs> too CG, it is a piece of shit. Oh. I can't wait to watch this and talk about it on 106. And sometimes there are like weird effects that are in bad movies that are that are really effective. Like, uh, do you guys remember that weird? I think it was Julian Moore horror movie where like people would just get plucked off the ground and just go like straight up into the sky and disappear. I do, but I can't no. remember the name of the movie. That wasn't it's that like one. the. Fallen or something, but that that's like that's a movie that was for like for every other reason, uh, very boring and mediocre. But that's that one effect of just being like, boom, it's like plucked, like plucked by God almost. I remember that stuck with me, and I saw some of that happening in this trailer that might have biased my opinion. You know, this movie is gonna be worse than Mad Max. I don't know. I feel like you've done like with Mad Max. You've already decided how you're gonna feel. No. How can you not after watching that? And you're going to give oh, it, you're just going to shit all over it without actually Atrocious. watching any of it. We're not going to take your opinion yeah. seriously. It's going to be a great time for me to practice my uke. <laughs> that movie you're talking about, Daniel, is called The Forgotten. The Forgotten. There you go. I was close. Trailer number four tonight, gentlemen, is another very interesting one. Coming off the film festival circuit, this movie is called Kicks. Kicks. Here we go. Sometimes I wish I had a spaceship. Just hang out in space where it's quiet. And no one can mess with me. I'm from East Bay. Those are my best friends. We do everything together. Girl, can't you see me in the studio? You in a closet with your fat ass. Sometimes it feel like everybody cooler than me. Maybe because I'm small, can't play pickup, can't pull no girls. Hey, 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 Will Smith's son looking little boy. Come here. These cost more than your life. Those is tight. Hey, where'd you get your shoes? Damn. What up, boy? We got them shoes for you. with us tonight, you'll run into him. What? You scared? Chin up, chest out on his flame time. You got a gun now? Can be a man if I let another claim on. I ain't time for your shoes. They crossed the line. <laughs> Maybe I was wrong about you. They crossed the line. Sometimes I wish I could hang out in space where it's quiet. Bye. 
Ivan, worried or excited about kicks? I am extremely excited. <laughs> it's uh, it looks really good, and there's something about this trailer that makes like draws me in really quickly. And the fact that it's all over just a pair of shoes is pretty awesome. So Will Smith looking little punk. <laughs> yes, very excited. How about when he hits that kid with the basketball in the head? Oh God! Oh fuck! <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> he knocks him down. <laughs> that shit is serious, yo. Yeah, Nathan. Uh, oh, going to have to say I'm excited about this one as well. There's something, yeah, there's something drawing you in. I mean, I know the minute it said coming of age, we lost Daniel. So <laughs> I just got to say that, I mean, hey, does it, it doesn't matter whether it's coming of age or not. This is about a young kid, gets his shoes stolen, takes it too seriously, grabs a gun, and starts to turn into a gangster. Am I right? It's like John Wick. Pre-John Wick. Right, but it's done in a poetic way with some... Yeah, with no, we some... Won't, no, we won't be associating anything we saw here with John <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do think that the cinematic creativity and, and you know the fact that this is getting some major recognition, um, it looks it looks tight. It looks solid. It looks like it's going to be one of these movies that you watch eventually at some point and, and really thoroughly enjoy. It may not be the greatest movie you've ever seen, but it'll have quality. Is that Will Smith's kid? No, it's not. Why don't you go ahead and shit on it, Daniel? I'm excited. Intern? <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel this kid's like... friends. You know, you know what? That's the first time I said that today, and you and Ivan have both said it twice. At the no. beginning of your no, you said it. Sentences. No, you said it at the beginning of every no. single time. It's every, not true. Yeah, you did. So. Daniel, back me up. He said it every single time. Said what? I feel like he said that every after every movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know that chuckle? That means I'm right. Uh, this kid has some shitty friends because if your friends don't want to die for your cheap shoes, they're unacceptable friends. Also, the irony of someone kicking the shit out of you while asking for your kicks great what's not to like about this it's like it looks like someone's gonna get curb stomped um that basketball scene it looks like that guy falls over dead <laughs> and then gets back up but uh yeah i think uh like the stunt work in this is gonna be phenomenal and uh, and there's nothing but excitement coming from me i really want to watch this i cannot tell if you're being facetious or not that's an excited I'm laying down excited I'm sure the uh, uh, Nike Jordan brand would would just love to see one of their shoes coming down on someone's skull over top of a curb in slow motion. That's uh, that's branding. That's how you get the money to make to get the cinematographer to do the camera work. Yeah, uh, gentlemen, I'm at a loss here. I did, you're obviously worried. I did not expect anyone here to go excited, <laughs> let alone everyone to go excited. This is a coming-of-age gangster movie about adolescents murdering each other over a pair of shoes. Now just swap the shoes with a dog and friends no, for no, Russians. No, there are no, like, ten-minute uncut action scenes where this kid is going around just... 
putting bullets into domes. No, it's going to be a 10-minute uncut scene of him throwing basketballs at people's heads. No, it's going to be these like cringe-worthy cutaways to him wanting to be alone in space and then just the most Michael Jordan shoe-branding <laughs> free commercial advertising you've ever seen in a film to date and then fucking people killing each other over shoes. Yeah, I am uh, couldn't be more worried. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> what's the, what's ending us out? <laughs> what gets me out of here, Nathan? Uh, trailer number five tonight is Snowden. It's about a traitor. <laughs> Snowden. Current rumors are that he is dead. Here we go. Cell phones go in the microwave. Dare I ask why? It blocks UHF frequencies. Before we get onto the stories, I need to know more about you. I'm 29 years old. I work as a private contractor for the NSA, for the CIA. I've worked in various jobs in the intelligence industry for the last nine years. Listen, they're going to come for me. And now that we've made contact, they're going to come for all of you, too. How about we just start with your name, okay? My name is Edward Joseph Snowden. What was it you were doing again? Doing analysis for the State Department. Don't be shy. I don't want anyone else. The modern battlefield is everywhere. How is this all possible? Think of it as a Google search, except instead of searching only what people make public, we're also looking at everything they don't. I know about your conversations. What is this? Leave that there. Are they watching us? The house is bugged. I am. Stop the motor of the world. What was it about this job that makes it more important than your life? Snowden has been charged with espionage. You have no idea what it's like to be accountable for other people's lives. going away. Nathan, worried or excited about Snowden? There are a few things going on here. First of all, I have watched a documentary called Citizen Four about Edward Snowden, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is doing a sickeningly good job. His vocal work is pretty close. He's actually doing a really good impersonation of Edward, of Edward Snowden. It's kind of crazy, actually. So I think it could be up for an Oscar for that, and that'll just make Chelsea upset. 
because she doesn't like Joseph Gordon-Levitt anymore. <laughs> but yeah. I, I've always stood on this that I, f- I feel like he's an awkward human being when he's in interviews, but when he acts, when he performs, he's solid. There's a lot of great movies out there and, and some unknown movies that people haven't seen, like things like The Lookout and Brick that are great movies. Yeah, he's and, like a weird like little mini Tom Cruise or... Yeah, he's he's just he's, like in person. He's like an awkward alien. But in movies, you're like, oh, you're actually like really trying to nail this character. Yeah, exactly. He cares a lot about what he does. And I also listened to an interview with Oliver Stone about Snowden. And he is really like fiery, like passionate about Edward Snowden being a hero. Right. I think that's the way this movie's going to paint him as someone who's um, a hero for bringing the truth to light. Right. And. Oliver Stone is a very talented filmmaker. I've always felt that. I thought that Savages kind of got a bad rap. It wasn't as bad as people thought it was. And But it's true. He's He's been on a, a run of bad movies. And I Alexander? Can't, yeah, Alexander was fucking bad. I think it was mainly because of Colin Farrell, but <laughs> it just wasn't really that great either. And maybe Oliver Stone just wasn't meant to do period pieces. W. If, if, okay, yes. It's been a rough go. I think I saw somebody, I think it was the intern, retweeted something about directors who have had five great movies in a row. Mm-hmm. And it's very unique for that to happen. And I think that Oliver Stone has actually done five great in a row and five shit in a row. I think he's done both. Oh, he's got like <laughs> the, the directing ergot. Right. Well, he was, he was killing it in the 80s and early 90s. And then... Yeah, this past 15 years has just been a traffic accident. And just based on that, I should say worried. But I also like Shailene Woodley. And guys, Nicolas Cage is in this. As a favor to Oliver, he did a small role in this. Can't we all just agree? Yeah, he plays Snowden in like Snowden's Flash Forwards. Oh, really? No, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Go fuck yourself. Um, I no, I'm I'm interested in the subject matter. I like biopics. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to do a great job. And I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm going to say I'm excited about another Oliver Stone movie. <laughs> okay, let me let me come in quick behind that. Cuz yeah, I uh, uh, to reiterate all the things you said about Oliver Stone, he feel like he's we're in his post-career part of his life and I don't really know if I trust his political opinions. I don't really know what my own opinions are on Snowden really. I don't Definitely don't think he's a traitor or a hero, but I I feel like I, I just want this information in a documentary. I just want to be clear on the entire sort of atmosphere of the story of Snowden and how it relates to everything and, and current events. I don't really want to watch a dramatic reenactment of it, even though Gordon Lovett does look like he's doing a really good job of impersonating uh, a Snowden. I don't know. Um, is this going to be another fifth estate? Probably. So I'm worried. Fifth Estate was pretty good. Yeah, but who cares? <laughs> I did. I liked it. Yeah, you would. I liked it too. Yeah, not surprised. <laughs> it's got Cumberbatch in it. Yeah, get some of that Cumber cock in you guys' mouths, Ivan. Yeah, I, I'm excited. Like the same way you guys said the, the material's interesting, story and all that stuff. Um, I was excited even before seeing this trailer, just because I wanted to see how they were going to portray Snowden, whether he was a traitor or a hero. Uh, so I just, I was excited for the story alone. Um, whether or not it, it turns out to be a good movie, I don't really care, to be honest. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for the movie. Inter- Oliver Stone thinks that Snowden is a national treasure. Is that why Nicholas Cage? He is a hero <laughs> to Oliver Stone. 
um, a big, big time hero. This is he's gonna come out looking pretty positive in this movie. Um, and I want to watch that happen. I feel like people um, are gonna steal from what Chelsea said when we watched the tease arena of this, and that people still don't understand what actually has happened, even with all everything coming out. No, I like think... people still don't understand that the the government is watching everyone or has the capability to to watch anyone. Isn't that, um, isn't that the thing, though? That's why I feel like Snowden is a, such a strange story to me, because he he did expose, you know, with evidence what we all knew and have known for a long time. So it was just sort of being like, here we go. The thing we knew all the time was true is actually true. And everyone went, yeah, yeah, we know. I feel like yeah. Julian Assange and WikiLeaks do much more for exposing things that weren't known than Snowden. I think that they're well, the whole story is tied together. They're both, like, that all came out with WikiLeaks, didn't it? I, I don't know. That's why I need to watch documentary. Yeah, I think your point like, about it having to be a documentary instead is a good one. Like, that's where you like, learn just everything. Just watch the documentary. There, there is, is a documentary. Yeah, uh, Citizen Four. It already Citizen exists. Four. It's good. But this looks good. I'm interested in everyone, uh, except for maybe Cage. But, uh... Whoa. <laughs> you know, whatever. Whoa. <laughs> I'll accept it travesty you gotta bring some comedy i guess to this serious story how dare you apologize for being such an inconsiderate <laughs> prick yeah <laughs> do you have to be a traitor on every episode yeah. yes you a real snowden right now yeah <laughs> national hero <laughs> i'm an american national hero and i'm canadian um, You're about as American as I am. Yep. I'm uh, I'm as American as Jim Carrey, except not funny at all. Oh, but yeah, but you are. No one does knows this because they can't see you. But you do talk with your butt the whole podcast. That's why you're <laughs> difficult to hear sometimes. Yeah, and uh, when I'm done getting out of my safe safe box, it's uh, I'm so full of sweat. It's like me coming out of a rhino's ass. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it looks like. That's exactly what it oh. looks like. They, what really do? odd door they put on that safe, safe box for you. When nature calls, yeah. you got to, you know. Yeah. You got to crawl out of a rhino's ass. Yeah, and you can make it a two-parter with the Brothers Grimsby <laughs> where they are inside of an elephant and get fucked with elephant dicks and cummed on. <laughs> but you make it a little back-to-back, make an evening out of those two. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So I feel like... I feel like, you know, um, what I really feel like, guys, is I feel like Oliver Stone is going to make another movie that's good again one more time, unlike Clint Eastwood. Oh, look at this ageism. He's got one more in him, and this might be it. So you're excited. I'm excited. Daniel, gentlemen, welcome to the round table, the second half of the Trailer Park Podcast, episode 64. It is good to be back. That was a long break. It certainly was. Uh, intern, 
why don't you take over here? Uh, you're back in your regular seat. You normally run the show with the burden list. Yeah, so the uh, burden list is a list of items that need to be appreciated and require the insight and understanding of a gentleman in order to be removed from the list. Um, it's my understanding that last week, uh, Daniel appreciated a movie, and uh, Nathan, you did not. Well, <clears throat> just going by so, what you just said, it needs the insight and understanding of a gentleman to be removed from the list. So what you're saying is last week, or last episode, a gentleman watched a movie on Daniel's burden list, but there was no gentleman available, apparently, to watch one on Nathan's. That is correct. That's correct. So you went to six for the second time. First time. This would be the second time. First time. Yeah, how many times? I thought this was the first time that Nathan went to six. No, no, no. This happened when a movie went on there that Amanda put on. Oh, and then Nathan took... Did he watch two movies that time to fuck me? No, you watch, You watched two movies. Okay, now, now, now I'm all confused. What oh, a, no, it did happen that way. What You're a great right. archivist. <laughs> Actually, God what happened it. in turn was... Daniel went to six when Amanda put yeah. the movie on. I did not. You are a shitty archivist. <laughs> wow. It's good I'm keeping track of things. We do technically have to go to school to be an archivist or, you know, the upper echelons of the librarian career path. Uh, I'll be a better archivist at some point. <laughs> <laughs> do you even have a warehouse full of boxes with files in them? Yeah. I do. Real paper, handwritten. I don't have a computer, so it's all written down here. That's what I assume before every show, you have to like hustle down to the basement of the of 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 uh, the neighboring library to the trailer park in which you live and then you turn on a bunch of like shaky chain-linked light bulbs from the ceiling. It's wet everywhere and just creaky, rusty shelving with lots of moldy boxes full of all of your records that you have to go and of course uh look over yeah. before you put together your update it's like a fallout yeah, it's like a fallout shelter yeah it's like it's two, uh, two doors in the ground it's powered by a generator and it's got 20 year old christmas lights that when they go out one at a time they don't get replaced yeah so some areas are much darker than others yeah the room at the end of the hall where you reenact martyr scenes with little boys before you go back and then of course put together your records and your notes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well you that does take up a lot of notes as well i i do take notes on many different things you run around in the woods with your gopro <laughs> doing some shaky cam yeah that yeah. special box just full of hair i do like to take the notes down on the human skin that i've collected oh yeah there's definitely a skin box a jar <laughs> on the second shelf Masking tape on it says tears. <laughs> yep, but clearly defined in two jars of joy tears and sadness tears. And then it okay, guys. for masturbating. <laughs> All the tears are for masturbating. Uh, let's let's put some some movies up. Uh, Daniel, let's uh, let's put Nathan at seven here. It's be glorious. Oh yeah, let's get Nathan up to a quick. It's, it'll be a brief seven though, because one's coming right back down again. I assume. Yeah, Pretty sure two are coming down. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm sort of in a in a wealth of choices here, Nathan. I started just going nuts with movies that I knew you hadn't seen, and then I started trying to pair them off into little groups. So, <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you feel? I got such an easy ticket last episode. Why don't we just have a little friendly discussion, Nathan, you and I, and let's kind of 
see if we can follow a train of logic into something that you might be wanting to watch. Uh, let me throw out some options to you here, like uh, some themes. An uh, Australian appreciation. Does that, does that ring your fancy? Um, how about one-word action movies? <laughs> um, video game adaptation movies. I've got a big old list there. I could just read off some, and you can take your choice. Um, uh, the School the quote-unquote school trilogy. Of course, there's a uh, intern brought it up earlier, the Troma uh, trilogy. No. Uh, we have some sword and sorcery movies. Not feeling... your classic fantasy stuff. Not feeling warm to the Troma. Uh, kind of running out of stuff here. Ridiculous childhood movies you should have seen. <laughs> uh, there's, of course, the uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's go with one word action movies, please, Alex. Okay, one word action movies. Ah, oh, man, how do I present these to you? Oh, I also forgot the Hulk Hogan trilogy. <laughs> if, you, if you want to change your mind, I'll be willing to let in a late decision. No, thank you. <laughs> no? You have, a, you have a Suburban Commando, Mr. Nanny, and Santa with Muscles? I, I've seen one of them. How about the Thunder in Paradise trilogy? That's another Hulk Hogan franchise. We'll get into that at a later time. Um, a oh, single white female is on here. God, what a great <laughs> '90s thriller! I've seen single white female. It's so uh, it's so great. You sure, don't want Beastmaster, Ski School. Okay. Um, I've seen Ski School and Ski Patrol. All right, I'm going to give you three choices, and one of them you can choose the original or the remake. Actually, if you haven't seen the original on a couple of these, you can see the original instead. No, I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <Okay>. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Making this up as you go along, eh? Okay, uh, you can choose to watch the original James Caan Rollerball or the 2000s Chris Klein LL Cool J remake Rollerball, the remake of Dread, or Crank. Have you seen Crank? Yes. Okay, so Crank's immediately off of the table. Have you seen Crank 2 High Voltage? No. Okay, well, then that's on the list. I kept telling all the... Back when I used to run a video store, I used to have been... I was like, no. Nope. He, it, fell, it from a hel he fell from a helicopter and, and landed on the ground. No, there is no Crank 2. Yeah, it picks up exactly at that point, too. <laughs> they just don't... They just assume. They're like, yeah, oh, he, oh no, he survived that. <laughs> I think I would like to... <sighs> Can I tell you what I want you to watch in, in, in a sincere sense not sure. just trying to get something shitty on there okay i actually think that the dread remake is pretty fucking cool if you haven't seen that one i would suggest that one just so we can have something to talk about okay otherwise the rollerballs are are hilarious so either one of those will work <laughs> well i was kind of leaning towards the original rollerball because james Kahn and his prime something i'm not normally used to watching roller skating in a loop just tell me that the new Dread is nothing like the Sylvester Stallone Dread, and you got me. Yeah, it's nothing like it. Okay, done. Let's do Dread. All right, yeah, Dread it is. Yeah, it takes place. You you think it's going to be some sort of sci-fi weird thing, and then it immediately goes to uh, Dread. There's a bunch of drug addicts in this tower. We need you to go in there and kill all of them. <laughs> like attack <laughs> the block with one guy? Yeah, that's the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's just Dread fucking John Wicking on everyone. <laughs> Well, I like Carl, Carl Urban, and I, I just didn't want it to be, you know, the, the Stallone dread. Oh, with those, like, sweet sh golden shoulder pauldrons and motorcycles covered over with cardboard? Yeah, back when Hollywood didn't realize it was about to do superhero movies every other day. 
Yep. Yeah. In the original Stallone Dread, he's in a, like he's in a full spandex onesie underneath golden pauldrons and a helmet that covers his face down to his bottom lip. Also a great watch if you haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget Rob, Rob, Rob Schneider's in there. Yeah, he is in there. As the yuck em up sidekick. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. Movie. I don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's that, what's up for me? Daniel, tonight you're, the theme tonight is breaking out into song and dance. Yes. Please choose from the following 30-second musical selections. Uh, number one. I like my beats funky, I'm spunky. I like my oatmeal lumpy, I'm sick with this. Straight gangs the Mac. But sometimes I get ridiculous. I'll eat a bar your crackers and your licorice. Oh, yo, fat girl. Come here, are you ticklish? Yeah, I called you fat. Look at me, I'm skinny. It never stopped me from getting busy. I'm a freak. I like the girls with the boom. I once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. I'm crazy. Allow me to amaze thee. They say I'm ugly, but it just don't faze me. I'm still getting in the girls' pants, and I even got my own dance. Do the Humpty Hump. <laughs> Do the Humpty Hump. Wait, but before you show me the next one, uh, that, that, was a, that was a great little rap. Um, have you seen the Kid and Play movies? Either one of them, House Party or, uh, what is it, Class Act? Is that the other one? Selection number two. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful, beautiful. Okay. So, to clarify, these are all songs that take place in the movie and people either break into song and or dance with these selections. Okay. Number three. Is a forte each and every day. True play away. I can't get her out of my mind. Wow. I think about the girl all the time. Wow, wow. East side to the west side. Pushing fat rides. It's no surprise. She got tricks in the stash. Stacking up the cash. Fast when it comes to the gas. By no means. Okay, Daniel. <clears throat> one, two, or three. Ooh, that last one took me straight back to some school dances. Um. Yeah, I remember being sweaty and young and just trying to get with some women definitely dancing to that song. Uh, I'm going to take number three. You have selected Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. Okay, that'll make Amanda happy. She's been trying to get me to see it for a long time. Wow. (laughs) I really wish that you picked Malcolm X. Malcolm X was on there? No, it wasn't. Really? First one was because I swear the first one is they break into song and dance and Malcolm X with that. First one was dope. Second one was Silver Linings Playbook. Dope. Oh, wow. I wouldn't find a dope. Yeah, that was my that was my second go-to. Dope, Silver Linings. Do? I don't have any desire. Amazing. All right, gentlemen. Uh, let's find out how gentlemanly we are. We're gonna go with uh, Nathan, as I feel like he might have more than one movie to talk about. Um. Yeah, I didn't want. <laughs> you didn't watch anything. 
No, I did. Um, let's talk about Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's. You're like, I loved it. Why did Daniel want me to watch this? Well, I think I it was meant to discuss Wes Craven's shame for making this movie. But when discussing the contribution that Wes Craven has made to cinema, I struggled to celebrate anything of significance. I took a look at his filmography, and I haven't seen most of it, so maybe Red Eye was okay? Not really. <laughs> I actually enjoyed Vampire in Brooklyn more than I thought I would. Um, Eddie gave it a good go and dressed up as other characters. I enjoyed his preacher Polly character that got everyone on board with the evil is good speech. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed his Italian mob underling Guido character, even though they took it too far. It wasn't offensive to me, although it did make me want to watch The Nutty Professor or Interview with the Vampire, and that is an important point. This movie suffers from a genre dilemma. It has some comedic elements with the ghoul bit and the alternate Murphy characters, but I found myself wanting it to just go there, you know? Just be a comedy. Watching it stumble around trying to take itself seriously from the Maximilian vampiric character's disposition only to surround that character with peripheral comic relief provided by Murphy himself in other forms is awkward and comes across as stale. Maximilian should have been a silly, smart-ass vampire instead of stuffy and sinister. And in regards to recommending it or watching it again, I'm good. I think everyone else doesn't need to watch this and should just watch a comedy or a vampire movie. Don't need a two-in-one. And my my favorite critic blurb is from Madeline Williams from Cinematter. And she said, Kadeem Hardison is the best thing about this film, playing Maximilian's slowly rotting ghoul henchman. However, one has to wonder about a film where Eddie Murphy needs comic relief. Right. Yeah, that was a weird choice to do that. Also, just like you said, weird to make it, try to make it also be kind of scary. Like when he's like, flying around in the air and shit mm-hmm. you're like oh man i don't know and those weird contacts they give him whenever he goes into like fangs out mode yeah it's, it, i feel like they i feel like they argued over this part of it you know like somebody really wanted the one character to be the straight man and be serious serious and seductive and sinister and then you know permit the co- comedy to happen around it which just didn't work just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And now, Nathan, that sounded written. Was that written? Yeah, I wrote it. Yeah. Are we writing these now? I, I, I always I write start it. start coming prepared? I always write my responses. I, I, yeah, they do seem very uh, poignant. Um, <laughs> attacking me for being prepared? I just, uh, you know, I, I like to wing it. I like to wing it. That's fine. You can wing it. It's now, because, Daniel, you're capable. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's kind of that's what I was getting at. Um, Aaron, <laughs> would you like to guess what I watched? Um, my guess would be that you watched Batman versus Superman. And that guess would be correct. I did watch that. Uh, my brother is staying with me, and we, we sort of hovered around some of the other choices, and uh, then we both decided on Batman versus Superman, even though Morgan had seen it before and didn't really like it that much. Um, yeah, I think... I think I'm probably here to confirm with the two of you that this movie is not not as crazy awful as everyone was claiming that it was when it first came out. Like people shat on this thing left and right. And while there are some very weird, awkward moments in this, uh, I found myself fascinated by 
a handful of things that I wish they had focused more on, which was any time that they dealt with the concept of Superman and what he meant to the world and morally and perceptually and how it changes things to have a god living amongst you. All that I thought was fascinating, like watching people like debate it and talk about it. <laughs> all that hooked me in. And then it would like go back to some weird Batman nightmare where there's like Superman terrorist forces versus Batman terrorist forces. And he's struggling to survive some inner turmoil. Very strange. I think the problem here is that Zack Snyder has sort of a Michael Bay syndrome, which is that he's really great at the spectacle. And then the rest of it just suffers in this discombobulated like where the puzzle pieces look like they fit together but they don't actually but if you just kind of smush them hard enough they work and that's what his movies tend to feel like because I go I snap back and forth between being like whoa that's fucking that's ex that's actually exactly how I thought Superman would move like I love how that he breaks the sound barrier every time he takes off and lands and the way that they just I don't know. And then straight back to some weird fucking unrelated nonsense. Uh, also, let me get your guys' opinion. Do you, I, I feel like Zack Snyder handles Superman better than Batman. Do you feel that way? I think... Uh, You're asking the Batman fan, so he'll know. I think the, the problem with this is the only problem that I really have with this is every time Batman had a dream. And if they just removed that, it would have been fine. Yeah. Um, I do think that Ben Affleck is probably the best person to play both Bruce Wayne and Batman um, in the limited screen time that he gets. Yeah, it was just all very, like, all the Batman stuff seemed, you know, fine. And it was nice to see an older, more brutal take on Batman. And Ben Affleck did a fine job being Batman. I just felt like all the Batman stuff was kind of like, eh, you know, we've seen good interpretations of Bat Caves and Batmobiles and Bat Things and Gadgets. And we've seen bad interpretations and Nolan interpretations. And here's sort of just a amalgam of all of them so that we can just move on. So I, I, just, I find myself all the time interested in what Superman's doing. Which is crazy because Superman as a superhero character is boring. Because yeah, the worst. Because he has no weaknesses other than kryptonite. And how many times can they play that drama out? Which they will have to forever since it's his only weakness. But I, I'm always fascinated by the super Superman stuff in the Snyder movies. And everything else I'm kind of like, meh. Or I guess maybe the meta-human stuff is what I'm into. Like when Superman's on screen and when Wonder Woman is around, I'm like, okay, I'm in. The, the, the amount of damage that they do during their fights is insane. And the speed in which they move and the damage that, that they take without even having a hair out of place, it's all really fascinating. And then it cuts to like Doomsday, the CG monster jumping around like some goopy idiot. And you're like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Not as bad as everyone says, but it inspires yeah. a lot of... I get I get lost conversation, which is interesting. Yeah. Even now, I I felt compelled to talk a lot about it. So it's weird. Yeah, no, it does inspire conversation. I think uh, intern's going to bring up Suicide Squad later, so it's going to regurgitate. So I won't go on too for too long. First of all, I didn't burn this movie. Um, it was just chosen to be up there, which is another <laughs> violation. <laughs> but um, I will say this: um, there seems to be um, like a a problem assessing the two like there seems to be a marvel versus dc thing going on where 
the formulaic Marvel movies are being just handed over this high percentage from critics or positive reviews from critics. And these DC movies are being absolutely shit on. And I don't think that either one of those results is true. It's kind of odd because normally critics are critics and they just do what they do. But in this case, I feel like they are, I feel like they are (laughs) siding on one side firmly and saying that it doesn't matter what DC does. Marvel's already established what a good superhero movie should be. And if you try to do anything differently, we're going to shit on you. Yeah. And they make a big deal of Batman just murdering people left and right in this movie. And I get it. It doesn't vibe with his, the general characteristic of, of who Batman is, but I was totally fine with it. I was like, yeah, that's what happens when you're in a, when you're a superhero. Lots of random henchmen just fucking die. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. No, the whole he, uh, the whole Dark Knight persona that he's just this justice in the darkness, but then people are offended about the possibility that he might kill people. Uh yeah. No, he's a fucking freak that dresses up like a bat and flies around in the middle of the night. Yeah, some people should die. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of this was taken from the Dark Knight Returns comic book, like the majority of the story. And he mixed a few other comic book things in there, Justice League garbage. But uh, this was heavily taken from, like, the best-selling Batman comic book ever. Yeah. Um, But Batman was like a side note. This was Superman 2. Yeah, this did feel like Superman 2. And then the... the, the dawn of justice shit that they shoved in there was very sloppy they just like batman this literally is how it went batman sent wonder woman an email that had four tabs on it of introductions to each of the four like main characters of (laughs) the fucking justice league set that they're going to be making movies about and she clicks on each one consecutively and gives you a five minute introduction to each character and then goes huh Thanks, Batman. And then on to action scene. Gosh. Yeah, she... I think it's interesting because Gal Gadot was like the best part of the movie. Do you just call her Gal Gadot? What are, what's her name? Godot. Oh, Godot. <laughs> You're Canadian. You should know. Gal Gadot. Oh, it's Gal Gadot, eh? Gal Gadot. Gadot, eh? I don't know how to say names. Oh, that gal's got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah credit, credit to Snyder for making Wonder Woman like badass. Because all the things you always think of her having that are silly, she kind of uses in that fight with Doomsday, and it's awesome. She, like, repels his laser eyes with her bracelets, and there's even a scene where she lassos him, and she's trying to, like, keep him held down while Superman comes in with the the kryptonite spear. It was all cool. I was like, oh, sweet. I know, yeah. The lasso of truth was cool. Yeah, did not expect that. That'd be a hard thing to pull off normally. What? Lasso. Yeah. Of of truth? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, all they they have to worry about now is her invisible jet, and I think they've got about most of her shit covered. Awesome. Well, um, perhaps you'd like to know what else I watched on your burden list. Ooh, did you double up? We only have time for one. I also watched Green Room. Okay, Green Room. Here we go. So you gave yourself like a a tough one and an easy one. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There are so many reasons why Daniel would want me to watch this. It's a tribute to Anton Yelchin. It's a demonstration of a well-executed sub-genre horror film. A celebration of this Jeremy Saulnier fellow, the writer-director of not only Green Room, but also Blue Ruin. And what did I appreciate the most or least about it? Daniel, it executes. It It does. It executes. It has patience. And when it made a decision, it krilled it. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Look what you've done, intern. <laughs> the violence was shocking when it showed itself and also didn't escalate into full-on gore either. Uh, the moment I appreciate the most is how quickly you as the audience are pulled into the realization of how serious things are about to get when Yelchin's character pulls his arm back from their parlay. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is the that is the exact moment when you're watching going like, huh, I wonder what everyone's talking about. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This writer-director has found himself on my list with Denis Villeneuve. Although, wow. Although Jeremy Saulnier doesn't have the slow zoom that Villeneuve does, he writes and directs and executes his vision with restraint and moxie. I will yeah. be watching him closely and am pulling for all of his movies to have a color in the title as that would be a fun way to identify him. It, w- it would. Definitely, or at least do like a, like a trilogy. Like the next one should be, you know, Red Revenge or something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, weird that you mentioned uh, Villeneuve because I, I, I kind of group these two guys together in my head as well as like successful executing indie mainstream it's kind of like a weird indie mainstream mix mm-hmm. yeah they kind of made their mark through independent movies and now are getting an opportunity like after green room saulnier is going to be given a check by a studio to do something so his next one's going to be whatever he wants it to be yeah and he's always putting like a nice realistic take on scenes that mm-hmm. you've seen in other movies that are usually blase or passed over or written in a way that goes like oh this is how that's done yeah and like just when they if you like, if if anyone here hasn't seen it, you close your ears because I'm about to talk about the ending a little bit. But the the ending when they're like out and they're on the run and the way they sort of like loop back around to kill off uh, Patrick Stewart and the other Nazi guy, like that that sort of scene doesn't usually happen that way. Like all these little interesting like one ups and one downs that they go through, when usually that's like the part they just speed through to get to the credits and the way that Patrick Stewart just like realizes he's fucked and tries to just walk away from the situation because he's not about to demean himself it's like very effective and a not usual way for the villain to respond I found it really good yes there's something gritty and realistic about all of it and not just Green Room but Blue Ruin as well there's this steady um, methodical march towards its destination and it's slightly uncomfortable sometimes but it doesn't insult you as an audience member trying to you know skip over to the you know satisfying conclusion or the you know the formulaic turning point that you're anticipating it just it has it's it's like this kid just and i looked at him he's kind of he looks young like this this is like a 37 38 year old guy and he's writing these movies that have this depth and patience to them and just executing them it's awesome are you going to be watching Murder Party? Uh, no, but I did see that was in his uh, his filmography. His I, first one, which means that will probably Murder Party Two will be what he spends the blank check on. Yeah, I've seen Murder Party, and it's uh, it's not bad. It's kind of a weird, weird sort of mock you horror comedy. Hmm. Well, maybe you should burden list it. I think everyone needs <laughs> to see the box cutting flesh scenes in this movie. <laughs> so I will definitely recommend. Green Room and Blue Ruin as a package. I'll recommend Jeremy Saulnier in in general. And my favorite critic blurb for Green Room comes from Eric Mellon of Pitch.com. He said, The setup is straight out of an exploitation film, but the thrills aren't cheap, and there are no plot twists for twist's sake. The action is potent and shocking. Yeah, well, well said. And one last thing, Daniel. What is your Desert Island band? <laughs> oh, shit. Tool. <laughs> yeah. 
I love the end of this movie. I love that you don't need to know. It's great. Yeah. Would you guys say it's time for the intern archive update? Uh, if you have to. Ooga chaka ooga ooga. I can't stop this update. Deep inside of the archives. Girl, you just don't realize how inaccurate we are all the time. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. When did you guys record that? Wow. Uh, yeah, that was the last time I was out there, I think. Intern Archive Update 30. So this would be episode 30. Um, we did a little uh, body transportation with uh, Selfless, was the headliner. Mm-hmm. Um, we did some biopic with uh, Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys with Love and Mercy. Mm. Um, there was some tattoo horror with Anarchy Parlor. Oh, yeah. What happened to that thing? Um, <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh there was Search Party uh, with Thomas Middleditch and uh, him flashing his dick quite a bit. And then we ended with Aurora, the unwatchable movie as it disappeared from everywhere altogether. <laughs> um, so, yeah, has anyone seen uh, Selfless? Uh, just some bits and pieces, and it looked terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ivan, what about oh, you? I have not either. Oh, okay. So uh, Nathan was excited. Amanda was excited. Chelsea was excited because science is sacrifice. Science is dirty. <laughs> and it looked like that's what was going to happen. Daniel, you were worried. And you were correct to be. Hi, as I'm, you've I'm... only watched parts. Um, those parts pretty much, I'm guessing, will sum up the whole movie. There's no need to watch the whole thing. Um, it was a perfectly average movie. And it would have been much better if it was much better. <laughs> I didn't give it a, a zero, but it's as... The lowest one that you can, no, well, almost the lowest one you could get. Uh, so, Daniel, you got a point and nobody else did. Ah, uh, suck it. <laughs> Taking it away here. And Nathan just gave you a point this episode. So by the time we get to reviewing the episode we've currently done, I expect you to be ahead of the game. <laughs> how did I give uh, him How did I give him a point? With Blair Witch. Oh, oh you mean I could have um, gone worried and just gotten a point? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. have honor. That is, I'm not. I wouldn't be a gentleman if I did that. Right. Yeah, uh, love and mercy. This was shocking because when I listened to this episode yesterday, I listened to the whole thing. Everyone was excited for a Beach Boys biopic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember that. Which is shocking to me. I don't know why Daniel, you were excited at all, and I don't know why Chelsea was excited because she hates biopics. I do too. It's amazing. The music pulled her in. Uh, this and this one, this one's probably a good candidate for Daniel's burden list. I would say that this was the best movie of the week <laughs> of the five. Um, Brian Wilson, like any great songwriter, uh, ends up, you know, he's you get to see what's inside that crazy mind of his um, at points. And Paul Giamatti playing exasperated guy does a great job at that as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I gave it a plus two and everyone got a point. Mm, still in the lead. Still in the lead. <laughs> uh, Ivan, did you watch Love and Mercy? I did, actually, yeah. Um, did you like it? I liked it quite a bit. It actually got me into the Beach Boys pretty heavily for yeah. over, like a month. Yeah, the, the music <laughs> yeah. is really addictive in that movie. Yeah, it's, yeah, and they wrote a lot of music I didn't realize that they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you come away thinking, Jesus Christ, Brian Wilson's a musical genius. Yeah. yeah. Well, he pretty much was. Right, and that... Uh, 
one song is number two on Rolling Stones top five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, did you guys find it interesting how like the Paul Dano and John Cusack seem like they could have actually been the same person mm-hmm. with their mannerisms? I feel like they both were doing the exact same shit. Yeah, they must have been working like together. Together. Something crazy for like that. A lot of it. Yeah, because they seemed like the same person, even though they looked different. Yeah, I think this is going to have to be burden listed to Daniel. Uh, yeah, I'd suggest it. I think he'd probably like it, uh, which I think was actually brought up also. <laughs> uh, okay, so next up is Anarchy Parlor. Nobody's seen this. Yeah, especially, um, if, especially if he's going to do trauma movies, then I think we're going to have to go hard on the biopics. <laughs> <laughs> see here love and mercy sorry to interrupt intern go ahead it's love and mercy malcolm x and, and what else um anarchy parlor this uh took a lot for me to watch this whole movie <laughs> the end was oddly satisfying because i didn't think what was going to happen happened at the end and it pretty much it turned into uh he kidnaps this girl and then he does this tattoo on her and he starts peeling the skin off of her friends and doing tattoos on freshly peeled skin canvas um because that's apparently the best skin to do tattoos on yeah it's also the uh, artistic medium right um but it ended up being like uh he trains her to do that with him it's a love story yeah which I wasn't expecting. I thought it was going to be like, she escapes at the end, blah, who cares? Uh, so I gave it a minus one because I feel like if you can make it to the end, the end is worth it, but you probably don't need to watch this. It's not recommendable by any means. Uh, you're all worried. You all get a point. So Daniel's ahead three to two to two to two. Oof, how does that feel? This is garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, next up was Search Party. Has anyone seen Search Party? I have not. I nope. have not. Um, there's a few things in this that make um, a movie fantastic. First off, there's um, this couple. There's two two girls that uh, sing songs at the beginning and at the end, and one of them's playing a ukulele, which automatically makes this uh, worth watching. <laughs> it's a plus one right there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, there's there's flopping penis oh, throughout, which ew. you gotta. Like, got to give the shout outs. It doesn't happen often enough that you get to see the full male body form in motion. Thomas Middleditch jumps into a moving truck while totally nude. And I don't think I've ever seen a penis make the weird shape that it makes (laughs) when someone's jumping at an angle into something, which was was oddly hilarious. Um, Also, there's a donkey that barfs from uh, getting tear gassed which I found to be pretty funny. So I laughed um, probably about eight times, Sorry. which is s- 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 probably about five times more than normal. Somebody say donkey? Yeah, donkey. Oh, oh God. <laughs> somebody girl's mentioned, favorite, somebody mentioned weird-shaped dick and donkey in the same <laughs> sentence. Um, anyway, Nathan was worried. Daniel, Amanda, and Chelsea were excited. I gave this... A high, high plus one, which means that Daniel has four. You win the episode. Amanda and Chelsea have three. Nathan has two. I would talk about Aurora, but it's impossible. No points. No nothing for Aurora. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's got to be embarrassing, Nathan. (sighs) Take it all in. Give yourself a pat on the back or, you know, pat on the dick. Well, let's just take a look at the updated numbers here. Oh, I'm still well ahead of Daniel overall. <laughs> you uh, 
Stayed at 66%. Daniel went up to 61. You're moving up there. Oh, I'm coming. So it's uh, out of 149 movies watched, Nathan's at 98% agreeance with me, and you're at 91. Mm-hmm. Not percent, but it's... 98 out of 149. Yes, we actually have a complicated algorithm to work that into effect, which I'm pretty sure would put my percentage at higher than Nathan's. So... Just so everyone's clear, Amanda is still winning at 68%. Then Nathan at 66, Chelsea at 63, Daniel at 61. Well, don't forget yourself at 65. I'm at 65. Yep. Mm -hmm. And one day we'll have Ivan's numbers. I'm in the middle of the human centipede. Yeah. And yes, Ivan. But by the time we get to Ivan, the intern will be well ahead of everyone in first place. With like some, you know, eighty to ninety percentile or something. Yeah, and if and if we were actually doing a human centipede, uh, intern would definitely be the middle, except uh, Nathan would be the front and I'd be the back, but I would be like turned around. <laughs> so, yeah. So that it all both comes to me. Yeah. So that we're both we're both shitting into you. Yeah. 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 So it would just be a three-person centipede. Yeah, and then. Yeah. Why? And you would just take our shit. It's like nothing changed. Why are we doing that? Why are we talking about that? So who gets to shit into my was, ass and just, who gets to shit into my mouth? Well, I would be shitting in your mouth. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I would definitely be pooping in your butt. <laughs> awesome. Uh. Okay. So anybody else have anything they want to clear the air with before we <laughs> call it a night for Trailer Park Podcast, episode 64? Uh, start over. I do want to <laughs> do a brief a brief shout out to th- just three movies I watched. Oh, I just, can do it all at the same time. Just three. I can do it all at the same time. Just three. You watched Mad Max Fury Road three times. <laughs> yes. It was so bad. I have, uh, I have two movies to talk about, but I think that it's one of them is going to be the same as as one of yours. Yeah, and I have. Yeah, and you guys have definitely not seen any of them. You have how I'm many? How many do you have? The Daniel? same thing about all of them. Go or right, go ahead, Daniel. How many do you have? I'm just joking. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just he's he's been playing No Man's Sky. He hasn't been watching anything. <laughs> okay, so Suicide Squad, and then I sausage partied uh, Jason Bourne. Ooh, okay. Okay, I want to say haven't that this seen, might be haven't, haven't seen what's sausage. Up? Haven't seen Sausage Party or Jason Bourne, so don't ruin okay. it. Aside from the fact so, that I know Julia Stiles dies. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I feel, I feel <laughs> deep down that this might be the worst blockbuster summer in a while. You're not alone. There's articles written about it. I am going to say that I enjoyed all three of these movies enough to say that you should probably watch all three. But that doesn't mean that they're great by any means. There's problems with all of them. Ah, And it's ah, shocking to me ah, ah, ah. how you can have... Jared Leto? Just like movie after movie after movie this year. And Star Trek before this was the same thing. Jared Leto was annoying. I like Star Trek Beyond. It was good. I thought Star Trek Beyond, compared to the other two, was a letdown. Okay. Anyway, mediocre summer. That's what I'm having. A bad, bad summer movies, except for Swiss Army Man, apparently. So Suicide Squad was mediocre. Sausage Party was not that funny, but not that bad. And Sausage Party, I think if I got high and was also drunk and watching it with Ivan, I I probably would have laughed a lot more. But it's like nonstop 
uh, like sex, fuck, fuck, sex, ass, fart jokes. <laughs> just, but it doesn't stop. It's just like there's no time in between one sentence and the next where they're not ass fucking sex farting you. Um, and so, getting some great clips. Like it loses, it loses yeah. a lot of great, great clips. I feel like ass fucking sex farts. <laughs> uh, anyway. If you go see Sausage Party, Sausage Party, that's great. Uh, you can look forward to an epic, epic orgy. I can't look at that bun. The lips on that bun are making me really uncomfortable. <laughs> so tight. So tight. Weird, like, uh, pussy mouth. It's a pussy mouth, okay? I said it. <laughs> it is. Great. I finally got it off my chest. <laughs> that's what it is. It's a vagina bun. Um, can I say something about Suicide Squad? Mm-hmm. I just saw it today, and there's some feedback from Chelsea that I wanted to share, and I totally agree with her. I feel like... I feel like... <laughs> Jesus Christ, you guys. <laughs> um, DC is, is trying desperately to catch up to where Marvel is in terms of its multi-characters inside of the movie business, that it's making mistakes and trying to jam too much information into the movies. Mm-hmm. And it's obvious, and I think that that is the primary reason for a lot of the blowback. Although I do think that Marvel has trained critics to expect something now specific, formulaically, and I liken it to the PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty argument, where all these people lined up on the PlayStation side, and all these people lined up on the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty side. And they basically argued pointlessly over which one was better when they both did the same fucking thing. And that's what this is. Marvel and DC, you walk out of the theater feeling the same way about both of them. It doesn't matter. Like, they're, they're superhero movies. They're big. They're epic. They do some things well and some things wrong. They make too many stupid one-liner jokes. And you walk out and you feel somewhat satisfied. And then you go home. And that's it. There's no blow your head off here maybe guardians of the galaxy was the one that surprised me the most and how much fun i had watching it but that's about it like there's not really anything else to be surprised about with these ones except how bad the joker's involvement in suicide squad was it was kind of disappointing remember daniel said will smith and jared leto had to win him over and i think will smith did a better job than jared leto did but i also think that the writing has a lot to do with it and all the other elements have a lot to do with it he did he did well with what he had but they just didn't give him very much it's true. Will Smith did get the best lines. They also cut out a lot of the Joker parts after the reshoots and all that stuff that they did. I really hope that they come out with a different version of this like they did with Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Also, internet, it, Margot Robbie has no ass. <laughs> Stop <laughs> pretending like her bend over shot is fascinating. If you didn't know it was a woman, you wouldn't know it was a woman. Okay? Stop. It. <laughs> it's the way I like them. Keep you guessing. Sounds like we got an ass man at the table. Yeah, but even if you're not an ass man, you can't objectively look at that and go, damn. And um, very quickly, I also watched Captain Fantastic this week. Oh, really? Solid entry. Really enjoyed it. I, I was nice to watch a movie that was actually a, a story for a change. And it has one of the best lines I've ever heard in a movie before. Let's go save mom and flush her down the toilet. <laughs> I can't remember Captain Fantastic. Vigo Mortensen. 
Viggo Mortensen oh. and the family. family. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Family yes. in the woods had to yeah. come out because their mom died. Yep. Anywho, you know where to reach us. TrailerparkPodcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at T Park Podcast. Follow Daniel at 100 Lunatics. Follow the intern at the intern TPP. And follow Ivan at 5Gamers. And, um, yeah, send us an email, trailerparkpodcast at gmail.com. Go, us, go on iTunes, rate us, tell it, you know, rate us good, and then send us an email and communicate with us. We're we're quite spunky fellows. We love talking to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or um, give us five stars and then write how much you hate us. can do that, too. Yeah, we'll you talk can. about it. And then, of course, uh, go to the mothership, sadsackstudios.com. See who it is that hands us our questions for Trailer Park every episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and harass uh, the intern on Twitter about watching Mad Max Fury Road and not liking it. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, also send us your suggestions for uh, sexual positions for uh, episode numbers. <laughs> right. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, if you have some good ones from the past, go ahead. Do you actually want me to do the Kama Sutra thing every Backfill. episode? Huh? Yes. Oh, I absolutely do. Yeah, I want this. Sh- if in anything, this show needs to be much more sexual. Okay. Well, starting in episode sixty-five, look forward to a Kama Sutra sexual position. Every mm. every time. Yeah. Today's fulcrum is sponsored by <laughs> position one. <laughs> Insert. <laughs> mm.